Welcome back, everybody. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Sylvester Inspires Belief Cast. I have Phil Rogers on with us this morning. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, excited to have you on, and I'm excited to uh, have you share your story. I've I've known you for all uh, you know for years now. I guess going on three or four years, and uh, uh, you've been through a lot, and you've overcome a lot, and I'm excited because most of our listeners have kind of been through some of the similar things. And so, but I do have to give a shout out to our sponsor, uh, Veracity Networks. They're a great company. Uh, Drew Drew Peterson um, is the founder and CEO of that company, and he's made that possible. So I need to thank them uh, for allowing us to get this um, out there to more people. And so a lot of people are going to hear this story today, and I'm excited for that. So, um, and then thank you listeners for joining in. Appreciate it so much. So Phil, here, let's just get right into it, man. How's things going? Things are going good. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> they, uh, I, I, uh, I, I can't believe that, uh, I'm flattered that you, uh, asked me to, to share my story. I'm, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the, of the belief cast and, and, uh, it's helped me immensely in my life. Yeah. You know, and you brought that up to me several times and I was really, you know, touched as well that you, you know, you said, Hey, I listened to this one and really, really enjoyed that one. And, and so I knew that you were a fan and, uh, that was really felt really good to me that you were that supportive. But, uh, you know, it hit me the other day. I'm like, man, he's got such an amazing story. I need to get him on here. I mean, like, why isn't he on here? So, um, but yeah, you know, you've, you've been through addiction. You've, you know, you struggled with bipolar, um, which you're very open about. And we're going to talk about that as well, which I, I'm glad. I mean, you even said that before we even got on air here yeah. that, hey, let's talk about this because not yeah. a lot of people talk about that. It's almost kind of like taboo. Yeah. You know, there's not and, a lot uh, of information. Out I there. may even get, uh, you know, share some things on my end as well along those lines. Mm-hmm. But uh, why don't we start? Like, where did you grow up? Tell us a little bit about your family. Yeah. So um, I grew up in Utah County. Uh, I, uh, I have, uh, two brothers, two sisters. Um, I, I grew up in kind of a traditional Mormon, uh-huh. um, Mormon home. And, uh, yeah, we had, a um, uh, just, a you know, I'd say a pretty, pretty regular childhood. Right. Um, my dad was, a my dad was self-employed all of his life. He was a carpenter. Um, my mom stayed at home, raised kids and. Um, yeah, I'm, I fit in. I'm the youngest of, okay. of five. Right on. So, yeah. Did you like being the youngest? <laughs> I did. I don't know any different. Yeah, but. that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, um, yeah. So I guess some of the, the younger, the, the younger or the youngest siblings out there can relate to maybe their brothers and sisters, giving them a little bit of grief over being the youngest because, uh, maybe, Maybe you had different opportunities yeah. when you were, yeah. when when uh, you were the youngest child instead of uh, maybe being the oldest child, having to sacrifice a little bit more. Yeah, that way. Yeah. But uh, no, my all my brothers and sisters have they're all uh, um, they're all loving and and uh, yeah, That's we. Great. Yeah, Pleasant Grove was Pleasant Grove was where we. Um, I was born in California, but but uh, we moved here when I was three, and 
I've been there the rest of my life. Right so, on. Yeah. So growing up, uh, obviously, it sounds like you had a pretty good childhood and this and that. But obviously, we all go through some struggles. And let's talk a little bit about some of those. And and I know, you know, let's just get right into that because um, I think, you know, me knowing your story, I think this is going to be really critical for people to hear this. And so. Growing up, what were some of the battles that you were struggling with as a kid? You know, maybe some belief systems that were irrational, but yet kind of held you back. Yeah, sure. Um, when I was, um, so um, I grew up feeling, you know, I think that um, I, I feel like religion can, if it's, uh, if you interpret religion a certain way, you can create some of these belief systems that that are really detrimental right to your to to yourself and and i'm sure i know that's the same with anything whether you're in with with a real whether it's a religious belief or not uh, however um when i was when when i was growing up i have a i have a um one of my earliest child me- childhood memories is um I was I was exposed to some pornography when I was um, when I was about five years old, four or five years old, and uh, it was a really really traumatic experience for me. Um, I yeah, was five. Did you say five years old? Five years old. So was it like? Did someone show it to you? Yeah. So okay. so what had happened was, um, what had happened was is somebody was. Um, um, what had happened was, is a, was a, a family member was looking at some pornography. Oh, okay. They're, they're watching it. I mean this, so when I'm five, you know, we don't, we, they didn't have iPads and phones and stuff like that. So it's right. like the nearest, the nearest TV was your, right. was your station, you know? And, uh, and so, um, I was sleeping on the couch and, um, and they were, they decided that they would, you know, look at, look at and watch some pornography on the television. And, um, I remember just waking up and, and seeing this, that was on what was, what was going on on the right. screen. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I, I can still remember, remember it to this date, what, who it was and what it was. It, it, it impacted me, but um, yeah, it's interesting. It, real quick, it's interesting you say that. Most people that I've worked with, client-wise, who have struggled with pornography, they can always remember the day, the time, what it was when they first saw it. Mm-hmm. And 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 the reason for that is that it's it, it's so almost even traumatic. Yeah, it's kind of like going through a traumatic event. You don't forget that. No, it's kind of the same. Yeah. Same experience, and as a five-year-old, you're going, "What is this stuff?" Right? Yeah. 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 I mean, and you're you're having you're having all these feelings that you. Um, number one, I don't think you know any any five-year-old or anybody should be going through these feelings, let alone being right. able to process what these feelings are exactly and why why you're feeling this way, but. I just remember feeling, um, I remember feeling a, um, a tremendous amount of, um, of guilt, um, after, 
after seeing that and, and, and going through that experience. I just, and I think that, um, you know, I was ashamed of it. And I think those were some of my, some of my earliest memories of, um, some of my earliest memories of feeling those ashamed feelings or, or feeling like I'm, I'm maybe I'm, I'm not good, you know, or I did something bad. Right. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Again, tough to see that at that age. Yeah. Did, um, so you're five years old when that happens. Did anything, I mean, did you see it? I mean, when was the next time you came across it, if at all? I mean, was there issues with that as you got older? Yeah. I think that, um, seeing that led to more curiosity. Mm -hmm. And I think I was more, um, I was always more, more curious, um, about girls and, right. and whatnot because of that experience. And, right. um, I remember, um, I remember it wasn't, it wasn't very, very, uh, it wasn't too much later that, um, I had, I did have a, um, an ex an, an experience where me and me and, um, one of the neighbor girls were just kind of, we were hanging out, we were playing together and mm -hmm. one thing led to another and, you know, we were, we were being curious kids and, and, uh, and I share that because it, it, it ties into a, to the, to this, to another experience that, um, ended up happening a, a year or so later. Um, but I don't, I don't think I would have had that. I don't think I would have had that curiosity and had, that, you not seen had that. I not seen that. Right. Sure. And so, <clears throat> but I always remember feeling bad. I felt bad though after, right. You know, at, at the time it was this, it was a curious, it was a curious thing. And then afterwards it felt bad. It right. Really bad. You know? Yeah. Did you ever tell anyone about it at the time? I mean, you're young. You probably, I don't know. Usually you don't think I'm going to go tell someone yeah. at that age, especially. Yeah. I don't know if, I mean, did you ever eventually say, Hey man, you know anybody? what? No, I no. didn't. Yeah. Um, not at that time. I did. I did this, this, you know, this led to multiple, uh, multiple experiences and things. Um, and, uh, but at the time I, I, I didn't, um, but fast forward, um, when I was, when I was, um, when the, the neighbor girl and I were, um, when we were going through our experience, I, I remember ending up, our parents found out. At, at, mm. at some, and something had happened. Yeah. And something had happened, you know, and it, we didn't go. You know, it wasn't a, a bunch of details or whatnot. But um, when it ended up, it it ended up coming out, and and that information kind of got out there to to you know her parents knew, my parents knew, and then some other people knew as well. Some some oh, other okay. people in my neighborhood. Gotcha. You know, and so but. And how old, how old are you at this time? I was probably six. Really? Know? Yeah. So you're still young. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. I was still really young. Gotcha. Um, yeah. And, uh, um, so, you know, fast forward, fast forward a couple of years later, um, and, uh, fast forward a, a couple years later, I was probably eight or nine years old. And, uh, I, I ended up kind of piecing this together after the fact, but, um, I had a friend who, um, you know, he was, he was my best friend. He was in the neighborhood. Um, we were a tight knit neighborhood, you know? Um, and, uh, one day he decided he wanted to smoke a cigarette. Mm-hmm. So he, so he took one of his brother's cigarettes and we went down into this orchard and, um, you know, just, just, uh, I, I, he had this cigarette. He asked me if I wanted to smoke it. Um, I, I said, yeah, let's, I'll, I'll try it, you know? Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, I was a little apprehensive and I knew, I knew that it wasn't a good thing, but I, I, uh, I, I did it anyway. And, um, and I remember smoking that, that first cigarette and, um, and getting really buzzed from that, right. that cigarette. Yeah. It wasn't, I didn't, and I, I didn't feel good at all. I was, <laughs> yeah. I remember, I remember feeling like I wanted to throw up. Yeah. As a young kid, that's powerful. All that nicotine. Yeah. That you're not used to ever having. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, one thing led to another and, um, he, he ended up, um, we were, we were in a, in a situation and he ended up trying to, um, basically take advantage of me, um, sexually. Uh-huh. Okay. And, um, you know, I, I look, looking back now, um, looking back now, I can see that, you know, I'm, I'm sure that he knew about, he knew about what, what had happened with, with the neighbor girl. And you, you start to kind of, you can kind of start to see how certain situations can happen, right. you know, that you can be involved in certain situations with certain people because they know certain things and, yeah. you know, that type of thing. And, um, it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't about, I don't know, six months later that the, the same, the same kid's brother decided to, um, expose himself to us. Um, and, uh, there was, there was a couple of us. So I had some, some, you know, some sexual trauma that happened to me. And I think that, uh, I think, uh, part of it was, you know, it, it, I think a lot of it stemmed from, you know, being exposed to pornography, pornography from, so a, from an early age, for sure. Yeah, but but also, yeah, as you're telling me this story, you know, you know, this guy took advantage of you, you young kid, and I mean, you know, you're vulnerable at that age, and you don't know, you know, I mean, I guess I wouldn't blame that because you saw pornography, but at the same time, I mean, I know that led to being curious down the road a little bit, but at the same time, that guy shouldn't have done that obviously to you and took advantage of that. Um, so when that 
happened? Was it a continual thing, or did, was it a one-time thing? No, it was a it was a one-time thing. Okay. Um, did you let anyone know at the time that hey, something happened? Yeah. Okay. I did. Um, I let. I I did, and you know, back then the way that the way that things were handled back then were maybe I think a little bit differently different than how we would handle them nowadays. Um, but, uh, you know, his parents, his, there was a meeting, his parents were, were involved in. Right. And, but it was one of these things where it was like, you know, um, his parents were, his parents were going through a divorce and, um, you know, he was struggling and, and so it was kind of a, one of those situations where you're trying to have compassion and empathy for, for a situation, but sure. you don't know how much, right. Sometimes it's hard to gauge Yeah. that, absolutely. that, that balance, you know, of, you know, you don't want it to keep happening either to other people yeah. or, or right. whatnot, but you, yeah. but you don't want to. So at this point you've, you know, you've, you've had that experience at five years old and in six and then this, and you, mm-hmm. you know, you, you smoke your first cigarette and, Mm-hmm. You're going through all that. How old are you after after this experience? How old are you now? Um, so I'm I'm probably after I smoked the the cigarette. I'm, and then when that kid took advantage of you, yeah. How I old was, were you? About? I was probably nine or ten. Oh, so you so you've so been through a lot already, and you're not even ten years old yet. Yeah, it was. Wow, it was. Uh, I didn't so, know. I mean, I didn't know any different. Well, yeah, but, you, you didn't know. know any different. But, you know, you even said you, you started feeling bad and guilty, uh, you know, about some things, which anyone going through that would re- relate and go, yeah, you know, that's a common thing. Mm-hmm. So what what was some of the beliefs you started forming at that young of an age about the world and about life? And th- can you remember what those some of those might be that were kind of yeah. holding you back a little bit? I just remember hearing other people talk and getting to know other people and them not having any kind of those experiences in their life. Right. Which made me feel like I was, I was, I was definitely different. Right. And, but like um, something might be wrong something with was me. Maybe wrong with me. Yeah. You know? And so mm. it, I remember that I remember, um, flashing back on, on those, on those, traumatic experiences often and feeling that way. Wow. Yeah. I can't even imagine. I mean, you know, someone that young going through that and then happened to, you know, realizing that this doesn't happen to everyone. Why did it happen to me? Mm-hmm. You know? So I think it makes sense that you would have those thoughts of, man, maybe I am a little different and mm-hmm. you know, why, why am I not good enough or whatever? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and we all go through that on some level, but someone who's been abused like you had been, um, it only, you know, only magnifies it a hundred times. Right. Right. So, right. um, so after it came out and then, you know, people knew, let's, let's start from that point forward. What, what, how did you start handling that? And then let's jump forward into like maybe how you handled this through junior high and high school. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, eventually, um, eventually the, that, that boy, or he, he moved away, that friend. Right. And, uh, 
and that that family um and so some of that some of that uh, that reminder of of that um wasn't wasn't as strong um but uh um yeah i i i didn't have i didn't have any more experiences that way um but uh i remember um i always remember having this belief and this one this one just stemmed from um i i you know i struggled with with add and um and so i was always you know i was always trying to get attention um maybe maybe the wrong way um, in in school yeah you know being kind of a um a nuisance to the teacher or um but uh so from an from a you know an early age in in elementary school and then and then in junior high um you know academics didn't come it, it, it wasn't something that came really easily to me and so um i remember having a belief that um i was stupid mm. you know as, as right. some of us do or many right. of us do um and uh but um you know so i uh you know going on to maybe into in into junior high um i um you know i like to i like to do i i liked many different things i liked motorcycle racing i used to race bmx i um i played baseball and played soccer and just right. just normal kid stuff you know and uh but uh um yeah, I I didn't. Uh, junior high was was pretty normal, other than just the maybe just the the regular the normal struggles, struggles kids go through. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the minefield we all tried to walk through in junior high. Right, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, but so you but you started recognizing you just had this kind of feeling or belief that I'm just not smart. Yeah, and I'm stupid. I can't get what other kids are getting, and yeah, and then and then. Did that carry over into high school? Did you kind of have that same belief yeah. as you moved forward? Uh-huh. Um, yeah, but I kind of caught a break in in ninth grade. I um, In ninth grade, I, I got the opportunity to try out for the, for the ninth grade or the freshman um, baseball team. And, uh, you know, the coach pulled me aside and said, hey, you know, if we – if we put you on the team because I hadn't I wasn't uh, one of the kids that had been maybe you know coming up in the um, um, on the other teams that that they knew of they saw play and he said if we put you on the team I need you to um, promise me you'll make it to every practice right and you'll you'll give it everything you have you know yeah and I did and uh, and that changed that changed my world um really yeah how so like um it it just it gave me this it gave me uh some uh, like a sense of belonging yeah um i think and i think it 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 uh, gave me this this confidence that i didn't have before um that you know they they wanted me yeah to be on this team yeah 
And maybe, maybe there is nothing wrong with me. Yeah, maybe there is nothing wrong yeah. with me. Yeah, know? and I love that you say this because this, you know, as we heard your, you know, I know there's more to your story, obviously, but, uh, you know, growing up and what you've been through, thinking that something was wrong with you on some level because mm-hmm. of what you had gone through, and then you get this opportunity to be on this team, and and it was almost like, hey, I, I, I'm okay. Yeah. And I get to connect with some people in a more healthy way, and boy, that had to felt really, really good at the time. Yeah. I mean, it was like, it was, it, 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 it fueled the fire that, right. that I, that I had, and it filled the void that, that I, I was missing at that point in my life, right. for sure. And yeah. I had no idea at the time the magnitude of how that would carry over into, into high school and to, you know, and, and kind of, you know, that it, it, it became, it be, it became my everything and it became everything I, I worked for and became everything I focused on. So you continued playing throughout high school? I did. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And, uh, so, and I would imagine your confidence just kept increasing because of that. And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I remember I remember getting into um, getting into the gym, you know, and and what that did, and and the the confidence that 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 gave me, and um, I ended up playing um, I ended up playing on a a traveling team at the time for oh, really? for all of Utah, and um, and uh, I remember. Um, I I uh I did well enough that um I was offered a scholarship down to to CCSN and uh and um what position were you playing? I played right field. Right field, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um and uh you know, that was just you know, coming from a, a pretty strong belief system of, you know, being ashamed of myself and I'm not a, maybe I'm not a good person cause I'm seeing, you know, I've, I've seen these things or I've done right. these things Yeah. and, uh, um, you know, that really, that really changed my, my perspective on, yeah. on life. And well, you know, I'm at, you know, imagine getting a scholarship and I can relate to that cause you know, I, I, I received one too, but then I lost it, but, uh, it's a whole nother so, story. Yeah. But yeah. And we can talk about where, mm-hmm. what happened to yours as well, but, uh, but in that moment, it's almost like, man, the, this like, oh, like yeah. life is amazing. Life is good. Yeah. I achieved this goal that I was shooting for and mm-hmm. and just that euphoric feeling, even mm-hmm. if it's just for a minute, but at least you're like going, wow. Yeah. You know? So I can only imagine what you had been through to have that experience that, man, I've worked hard. Look what I've achieved. Yeah. And, and you know, at the time, I think every kid goes through this, at least I did, um, you know, am I good? Am I, am I really that good? Am I good enough for Mm -hmm. this? You know, am I good enough for Scott? And then when somebody, like you said, somebody validates that it is, it's that you, it's a euphoric feeling. You're you're just like, wow. Yeah. Right on. So, so you, so you go down there to the college there? I no, I, I didn't, I ended up, um, so my, my, um, the beginning of my senior year, I started having um, ham, hamstring problems. Could okay. never get my hamstrings loose. Mm. Felt like I pulled my right hamstring, and I could never get it to 
stretch out. I went to therapy, um, and, and what have you. And, uh, it, it, and never, never got better. Um, I ended up, um, still playing on it anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that pain moved from my hamstring into my lower back. And that's when, um, everything kind of started to fall apart for me, my, my senior year. Okay. And so, um, I remember going to different doctors and trying to figure out what's, what's what's going on. Yeah. You know, everything you can think of. Yeah. Right. And, um, I had a tens unit I used to sleep with. Um, and, uh, and anyways, it, um, I could never get it, never get better. So, um, I ended up starting to not being able to practice as long as I did um, before. You know, I was I was always the first one there, and I was always the last one to leave. Right. And then that that stopped happening because I was in so much pain from standing there and just right. it was it was bad from running. It was a jarring sensation. It it hurt. Um, you know. So um, I remember getting. I remember getting some some like some somas from the doctor right um i remember getting um hadn't hadn't really given me any pain pills at this point but like non-narcotic pain pills you know ultram ultram or stuff like that right anyways um never never could never i was i was really never the same and the medicines never really helped um but eventually i needed um stronger medicine and and stuff like that and i remember um i remember that um i ended up needing to get my wisdom teeth pulled out and i um i was prescribed lortabs okay yeah and i remember taking taking the lure tabs and you know telling my mom hey i'm going to practice because it was a day that was a day that we had practice right. and i went down there and and uh, the coach was like what are you doing here I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm like i'm here to practice i'm here to play so, here we go you have your wisdom teeth out today <laughs> and i said i said yeah uh, yeah i'm good you know and he's like no you're you're not good. You need to, right. you need to go home and you need to rest. <laughs> this you know? is the day of the surgery. Day of the surgery. <laughs> I mean, it was just hours after it happened. <laughs> yeah. Your coach was like, ah, uh, no, go home. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, go home. I mean, he, he knew, he knew right. what was going on, you know, but I remember in that moment that I remember in that moment that my hamstring and my back didn't hurt. Didn't hurt. You know, and it wasn't, it, it's funny how that works, but it's not a direct, it wasn't a direct, it wasn't like, Hey, I'm going to take this lower tabs because my hamstring hurt. It yeah. was, I just had the surgery. Yeah. Right. But then you, but then you start putting these, you know, you start putting it together. And, um, anyways, I ended up, I ended up still not, um, using those, those pain pills. Um, but I remember, um, um, months later that, um, a friend had had some pain pills and, um, 
I was complaining about my hamstring and he said, here, take one this, it'll, it'll help you. And, and I did, and it helped. And, um, it, it, uh, I never, I didn't, I didn't start taking the pain pills, you know, to like to play games or, or anything like that. But, um, I would, I would, I was starting to take them, um, on the weekends and, you know, I'd take a lore tab, he'd steal them from his grandma or, right. you know, stuff like that. Yeah. And, uh, that was kind of the, that was the start of dabbling into the, into pain pills, pain pills and abusing and them, abusing and, them. Yeah. And then, you know, really then having a, having an actual, you know, having my hamstring, which was actually a back problem that I ended up getting a fusion done on my lower back, you know, and, but at the time, you know, it just led to the cycle of, of, of pain pills. Right. And I ended up, you know, kind of losing sight of, of what was important with that scholarship and, wow. and, uh, that's kind of how, how I lost it. So that's how you end up losing the scholarship. So when that happened, when you lost the scholarship, what, if you can remember, kind of describe what you were feeling at that point, did you, did you revert back to some of those old beliefs? Like, look, you know, here I am screwing this up and I'm not, yeah. you know, who does that kind of thing? I don't know. Yeah. Just curious what was going through your mind. I remember, um, I remember distinctively feeling like, um, I know how I I had I had insecurities with that situation and I remember distinctively trying to drown them out with with pain pills more pain pills more pain yeah. pills and that's kind of how I started to try that's kind of how I navigated gotcha. those feelings at the okay. time was yeah this hurts to feel this way. This hurts to feel this you way. Know what these were working for that. I'll try yep. this, and I'm gonna start. Yeah, yeah. gotcha. My back hurts anyways. Yeah. You know, justify this, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This this helps, and so, um, but yeah, that uh, that was a that was a an experience that, you know, I I I look back on, and and I think that. Um, I think of things I could have done differently for sure. Um, yeah. and, um, I, I wish I would have communicated a little better with, with my coaches, with, yeah. with my parents, you know, with, um, but, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say that I, I think I do think I do believe everything happens for a reason. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Life happens for us. Life, hap life, ha life happens for yeah, us. Absolutely. Wow. So now, I mean, this opened up the door to, you know, just kind of the path of addiction for you. Yeah. And I know that's a long story too in it itself, but yeah. let's kind of just touch base a little bit on that about, um, you know, where, what that led to. And then ultimately, you know, cause when I first met you, it was here at Wasatch Recovery. Yeah. You know, I didn't know you before all that, but I know you now. Right. And how good you're doing now and how much you've overcome, which is really remarkable because I want to get to that point. But thanks. Tell us a little bit about, you know, just briefly, you know, this obviously led to a full blown addiction in, in other things and everything else. Yeah. 
and then talk a little bit about also about you know the bipolar diagnosis and all that yeah okay okay so um yeah so it just kind of jumping fast forward here is uh, i i ended up um on a road to figuring out hey i've got to fix this back back problem because yeah. i can't i can't move forward right. with, with this pain and then and it was it was bad and so i find i have the 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 i have the surgery and um after my surgery that's when i met my wife and she could see that the that how addicted i was to the medication she could see that i was being over prescribed right she um she knew she knew what she was doing at the time i didn't necessarily but she you know she started actually working with my doctors and yeah. weaning me down because she could see and what was going on yeah yeah exactly so i get off of pain pills and um i'm off of them and you know i i i'd i'd slip up here and there right and uh um not minimizing anything but i i'd have these you know i'd have these little bouts you know i might you know um and uh um but eventually it led me back to a pain clinic um and eventually it led me back to um you know being on on pain medicine again right and um I I look back now, I can tell I the the I for what I was doing to myself and my body I was I wasn't doing myself any favors by how the things I was doing I was creating pain for myself all the time and yeah um and uh, I I never really could get away from those those pain clinics because I was always in pain right um but I ended up. Um, going to a pain clinic and they um, prescribed me some um, Suboxone and um, I ended up so I got on Suboxone for uh, six, seven years Wow! and uh, I ended up um, um, I, so I was on Suboxone and um, I was on Adderall and I was smoking, I was smoking a lot of pot and, um, I just knew that, that I was, I, I didn't feel good. I knew that I just had this feeling like I just need to get off of this medicine. I just need to get off of this. I, mm-hmm. you know, and that was really the, f- that was kind of like the first time that I'd felt like, felt like that, um, and but at the time i just said to myself i'm just gonna get off of this stuff and i quit taking everything cold turkey and i was on um you know i was it was part of my my routine for a lot of years and um i put all my stuff in a in a five gallon bucket and i threw it in the dumpster and you know two days later i was jumping back in the dumpster grabbing that, yeah. grabbing that yeah. because I was I was withdrawing so bad and uh I remember um smoking a little pot to try and make myself uh feel a little better right and 
I ended up, um, what I, I ended up, what ended up happening was I, so I was so, I was so out of, out of balance that my body was just going through, going through withdrawal so bad and I hadn't slept for days and, um, I ended up having a, a manic episode mm. and I ended up, um, it, it, it eventually ended up in a, in a fight with some, um, people that were outside Right. and I was tackled and I was detained and brought to the ER and, you know, they were asking me what drugs I was on and, and I told them and they said, you've got to be on something more than that because what's going on and you're not with it. Yeah. And, uh, and, um, that was the first time that we that I had a I had a manic episode and that was the first time that um, I'd ever experienced something that lavish with with bipolar right Um, and so is that what they ended up diagnosing you as when when they as as you were there for a minute that's what they kind of said no, so they they didn't not they didn't there. They didn't there. Okay. When I when I came here to Wasatch, that's when gotcha. Doctor Birch okay. diagnosed me. Gotcha. Because of that that right. incident. Sure. And uh, you know we it was hard for us to try and um, it was hard for us to come to grips or understand whether or not. Um, you have, you know, you, do I really have bipolar or not? You know, mm-hmm. because I've had, I, I, and I know you, you know what I'm talking about. Sure. You know, you, I've had this one isolated incident. It was really bad and it was, it was hallucinating and I was, I didn't know what reality was for days and, you know, things like that. Um, but, um, was that just a, was that just a once, a one right. time? Yeah. Was it lack of sleep and drug induced and all of that that was playing a part in that moment? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So that loop, that, that loop and that type of thinking and some of those things, you know, um, um, you know, talking a little bit about, uh, about bipolar, you know, most people who have bipolar will go, go through that thought process of, do I really have it? Do I I don't want to have it? Right. Um, I don't need, I don't need medicine. Um, and, um, you know, they have to, you have to constantly, there's this check and balance of like, what's, what's my life like when, when I'm not on medication and what's my life like when I am on medication or, or seeking some sort of treatment for it. You know, maybe medicine isn't just the, you know, the only, the only cure, but. Um, um, but you know, coming here to Wasatch, um, I, I eventually started to kind of get, kind of get my bearings about myself. Um, and, uh, you know, trying some, trying some medications and being patient with them and, you know, having a a patient family and a, a a patient spouse that 
gave me time to, um, you know, to, to, to digest all this and to, you know, get, get on track. And, um, you know, it's been, it's been a, uh, it's definitely been a journey for sure. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I'm still on it. We're, you know, we sure. all are. And, yeah. but, uh, um, you know, I can, I can honestly, you know, how, how I am today and, and how I was when I, I first came in here, oh, I couldn't even sure. put a sentence together. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I yeah. really couldn't. Yeah. Um, and you know, what's amazing is people who know you now, would be a little surprised to hear you say that because, and I've seen both when you got here and then, you know, even though I had left a little bit for a minute, but I, you know, I, I knew you back then as well. And we, we had met a couple times mm -hmm. actually, and then I'd left, but, uh, mm -hmm. um, but to see you now and what you're doing. And I mean, those who know, you know, that you're one of the nicest guys, you're, you're, you're you have a great attitude. Um, anything you've ever asked to do here at Wasatch, you do it. Uh, without hesitation it just i don't know you're just this genuinely nice human being and who, who's been through a lot yeah. and some struggles and like you said you're still on that journey and you're still working through things and you know you've been through some things with your own family as well mm -hmm. um but i know you're trying to do your best every single day and it's just fantastic to watch that and you know those who are struggling with bipolar it's it's a it's a real deal it's not you know something that you've made up in your mind or yeah. it's it's legit where you're you know you need help and you need some medication to help you through those things and mm -hmm. you know and getting that dialed in can also be a chore as well but yeah but anyway to see where you're at right now it's really remarkable oh thanks todd yeah appreciate that i mean man. it truly is thank you yeah um so what you know and i know we we kind of jumped over a big part there but uh i wanted to ask you what belief systems do you cultivate now about you that help you that kind of combat maybe kind of what you had, you know, felt when you were younger, even like what can you share some of those beliefs that you have now? Yeah. When you look, you know, when you think about you and this world now. Yeah. You know, I think that, um, you know, a belief system that I have that it, that, um, I constantly play on a loop in my head is just that, um, that hard, hard work pays off. And, mm. um, and that does describe you. You're a hard worker. Thanks. I man. mean, really, you really are like just constantly doing something and working. And so I like that hard work pays off because, you know, not everybody's blessed with, with certain talents and, uh, and, but you know, talent will only take you so far. You, you really have to put in the hard work. You got to yeah. put in the effort, you know, and I, I try and try and instill that in my in my family and you know with my daughter um and uh and um you know another another um another belief system that I have is um is to push yourself outside of your comfort zone mm -hmm. if 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 you know, and obviously this is on the healthy side, right? Things. <laughs> but if if somebody asks you to do something that you know you're you you're not comfortable with, um, 
and I, I, I really challenge you to look at the reasons why you're not comfortable with that. And if it's a reason that's an insecurity that you have um, that's holding you back, then I challenge you to push yourself past that. Right. You know, and and um, I know you know of, 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 of some of those that I still, you know, still struggle with. That, right. Um, but I, I, I try and take those opportunities so that I can grow. Right. And, and, and I'm grateful for those opportunities. I love it. So I love it. Wow. I mean, I know there's so much more to your story and we'll probably have to have you on again. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, can you believe we've been on there already almost 50 minutes? Um, but, uh, you know, if you could give some advice to someone who's out there who may be struggling with addiction or, you know, they have bipolar and they've been labeled that and they're struggling with that even and, or any, you know, any challenge or advice you could give our listeners, what would you tell them? Yeah. Um, something that's helped me through some of my, uh, some, some of the really hardest times that I've, that I've uh, been through. And I'd say those, those have been in the last, uh, you know, in the last three years or so. And that is, um, you know, when, when you've lost hope, let people, let, let somebody else carry that hope for you. Um, and, and what I mean by that is, um, you know, when people come into treatment, they don't have a lot of hope, right? but they're surrounded by a lot of hope and, um, and that carries you. It, it does. And so when you, when, when you don't have that hope, let somebody else carry that for you for the moment. Right. And push yourself along, you know, and, and, and push yourself to be uncomfortable and, and, you know, keep, keep looking and keep, um, you know, if you're not, if, if, if look at where you are, you're, you know, you're struggling and, uh, just, you know, get, get outside, get outside yourself and ask for some help. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah. I love that. That's great advice. Very good advice. Cause a lot of people, you know, unfortunately get to place in their life where they do feel hopeless and like you said it's one of those things like when you were younger you said you wish you would have spoken out more to your coaches and stuff of what you were going through mm-hmm. you know and so yes i think that's a great and, I, and i'll just you know i'll reiterate that challenge as well on my end is like reach out to someone if you're struggling let them hold that hope and give you that hope for a minute until you start regaining that back because you have it in you you just have forgotten because of the hard times you've been going through. I remember you telling me that you would, you, I, I was sitting in this exact spot and you'd say, you're here, you're here. And, and that means that you made the choice to yeah. be here, you know, yeah. and, and, yeah. and you're carrying that hope, you know, for, for, right. And you carry that hope for a lot of people, yeah. you know? Right. And, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I admire anyone who comes to treatment. It's not an easy thing to do, right? And it's probably the last thing they want to do, even though deep down they know they need the help, but mm-hmm. they still don't want to come here yep. and put their life on hold, so to speak. Yeah. But they're gonna die if they don't. Right. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, I had the opportunity to work with you a little bit as well, like we talked about, and to see how hard you worked. I mean, it was one of the things, hard work pays off. You've been working hard for, I mean, three years now, you know, to overcome not just, it's not really the addiction piece. It's more of the belief system and the thinking and getting your life dialed in exactly where it should be. And you've worked hard, dude, and that's why you are where you're at today. Thanks, man. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. I think the world of you, Phil... I really do. I admire you in so many ways. And I know so many people around here would say the same thing. You know, when we're up in house meeting and this and that, you know, clients will say, man, that Phil, I love, man, that guy's just smiling, working hard, doing everything. It's just great to watch him go. He's kind of like this silent, you know, example of what greatness really is. So, and that was said in last week's uh, house meeting, actually. Really? Yeah, truly. So keep up what you're doing, man, because people are noticing. Thanks, man. I love you, Todd. Love you too, brother. And thank you for taking the time to share this story. Listeners, thanks for your support. Veracity Networks, thanks for your sponsorship. And please share this with anyone who might be struggling with an addiction or you know, whether they've been diagnosed with bipolar or just any other diagnosis that they might be struggling with. And this uh, podcast, this belief cast and Phil's story will inspire them to push forward and start working hard. If, if, people, um, if people want to reach out, Yes. Do they do they have an? Uh, can they reach out to you? Yeah, they to, can reach out to me if if you're comfortable. Could they reach out to you? Is there a way sure. that they could do that? How would they do that to get a hold of you? Yeah, you can you can email me at uh, timelessautoworks at gmail dot com, and that's um, works is spelled W E R K S. So if uh, if 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 I can help you anyway, I I'm more than happy to to do so and and i know todd is as well so yeah please reach out and if uh i know phil is one of those guys that would sit down and even talk with you if you want to just get more and uh please do man and we've had several people reach out to previous guests and it's been remarkable it's really cool to we've got this community i mean i think we're up to forty thousand downloads that's amazing it's really cool that's really Um, cool and so that just means these stories need to be told and they need to be shared and heard because it's inspiring and people out there need help. So yeah. So thank you again. Yeah. Uh, check us out on iTunes and Google Play and Stitcher and YouTube and Twitter. We're everywhere. And uh, Phil, thank you so much for the time. Thanks, Todd. I got you. Love you, brother. Love you too, man.